After years of training and thousands of hours of practice, retirement can happen at any time. I once tore my kneecap to the side of my leg. I once had a pectoral muscle completely torn off my shoulder. I've had surgery five times, five times, five times, five times, five times, and my left accusation. I had the tendon torn off the bone. I can hardly lift my leg anymore. With every smoke I take, my body, my career, and my life is on the line. Don't risk yours. Please, smoke responsibly. Yeah. We back. Welcome back to another episode of High Side of the Ropes. How was everyone's weekend? Hope you guys enjoyed yourselves. Hope it was a fantastic weekend for most. FTR versus Briscoe's was a seven-star match. Holy shit. Yeah, that... You sure that says he's fighting like an eight-year-old girl is not an eight-star now? (laughs) I think they need another belt to make it an eight-star. All right, so I guess this week what we're going to do is we're going to kick off with Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah. Ring of Honor. We actually just got, since we, we, we were double booked this weekend, we had a show that we that we went to, shout out Garden State Pro Wrestling. They will be getting their own episode of a po- of the podcast later on in the week. Yeah, me be and sure you, to check that out. Yeah, we kind of we kind of got twofold with this. Uh, me and Eulis couldn't make the show, uh, so we ended up watching uh, Death Before Dishonor yesterday. And we just got done rewatching it with uh, Nick and Blaze, so they could get their opinion on it and yeah, see what so they we, think. So we literally just got done watching the show, so we can give this review to everybody now. While we're still waiting for Brandon and Eulis to finish Garden State. Yeah. Yes, he was with his significant other, and I was in a room full of haunted dolls. Yes. So they started watching the first half of Garden State today, and then they they just had to finish the second half, and we can get the review yeah. done. And hopefully Garden State like what we have to say because I have nothing but great things to say. I'll awesome say right. Show. I'll say right now. From what I saw, it was a good show. But I'll uh, I'll get back to you when I actually finish the rest of the show. Exactly. Just saying right now, it was a pretty good. It's we'll a have pretty good uh, half. We'll have that episode out for you hopefully later on in the week. Um, but for now, let's get to Ring of Honor. Yep. So the first match. Oh God. Are we doing? Are we doing pre-show or are we doing uh, the main card? Well, to run down the pre-show, at least Cole Cabana won against Anthony Henry. Okay. Allison K lost to Willow Nightingale. Okay. That one I kind of saw coming. Yeah, I like her freaking tweet. It was just her like literally ass up in the air, and it's like I may have lost and be at the bottom, but I'm at least a good top or something like that. All right. So the Famous words of the savage. So. First match that we start off with. Let, all right, so that was the that was the pre-show card, right? Mm-hmm. So let's go on to the main card, the one that we actually like watched. So the first match was Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, they started the show with Gresham and uh, Claudio. Yeah, I mean it's a great way to start off the show. It is. You got to start off with a banger. Absolutely. I I wasn't expecting the world title to be the first match though. That was kind of a, a shocker, but also a treat at the same time. And it changed hands. It did. I was it like, "Holy shit!" The title has actually changed hands. It wow. was actually the sec, like one of the second most technical matches of my the whole show. My colleague here said that this is Claudio's first ever world title. It is technically yes. Technically, it is his first. He had never world won the Ring of Honor title. world title. Never the closest the- he came was losing to Nigel McGuinness. Yes. Yeah, that, that was the closest. He never won it. He never won the world title in WWE, obviously. 
Yeah, that that wasn't gonna happen. We have yet to see it, what he would do in AEW. Yeah, but you know what? I kind of like that they're kind of splitting the Blackpool Combat Club into like their own its own entity, its mm-hmm. own entity. Like they Daniel, can own run their own separate division. You got the yeah. tight team, and you got the singles. Not even they only have, and they not, got the Blackpool Combat Club division. Yeah. Not really. They only have. <laughs> They only have uh, single stars. Well, I mean, like Moxley when they first is in- started. They started with Moxley and. Daniels. Well, yeah, but here's the thing: Danielson is a single star, and Moxley is interim uh, AEW world champion. champion. Yeah. So, but like, I I like the fact that they're using Blackpool Combat Club to kind of, I would say, help bridge gaps between. AEW and ROH stars. Okay, yeah. That makes I, sense. Because you're having two, like, titles from two different companies on TV. Yeah. Just because they do carry the belts. And, like, they're, they're not they're not favoring one over the other. They're kind of trying to help get more eyes on, a, on uh, ROH. Especially with most of the build, especially with it the women's sense. match being done on Dynamite for the most part. Listen, man, Dynamite I, Rampage. I, I, I dig it. I dig what they're trying to do. It was it Claudio who came out on Rampage to pretty much announce that it was going to be uh, his title. Uh, opponent. One thing that surprised me was him winning off one Rico Lobel. Yeah. So here. So all right. So this match. This match itself was a double-edged sword, as we all know. For we, post-show shenanigans. For post-show shenanigans. We we, we know, it, it was a. Uh, it, it's, I should say, it's become a controversial subject. It's it's only controversial because we don't know what story is the truth. It's it, like heard, I said, it's a double edged sword. Like we've heard four different stories about it. Yeah, there was one story saying um, it was like it was TK about- and or Gresham and TK got into a heated argument backstage. Um, there was a story that um, Gresham made this all about race. There was another story where he felt like his. Uh, this tight, like, it was kind of diminished. Like, this, the ending of his title reign was kind of diminished. Like, a wrestling purist pretty much put up a quote from him at one point. It bothers me how, bothers me that you can have a white guy, number one, with no character be great. But then you've got a black guy, same, or he needs a character. But why? Why can't he just be a good wrestler? That's That's a tweet that I know, like, you're actually surprised to see when I put it in the chat. I was actually surprised too, is because I'm just like, I uh, like, I don't know. It's just like one of those things that you don't really think you would hear about sometimes. Especially since he asked for his release after yeah. this match from an ROH and AEW contract, and yeah. said uh, that he was quote unquote cussing out uh, Tony Khan after having like a conversation post match. However. Again, this is where it's a double-edged sword. I understand where he's coming from, but at the same time, he may be blowing it out of proportion. We don't know what the real story yeah. is. But uh, Sean Ross Sapp later put it out about, uh, I want to say what time, but I just saw it about 13 minutes ago from when I take this screenshot, actually. Mm-hmm. He had quoted saying, there seems to be a lot of lack of communication with talent relations and talent from what we've heard uh, with stories from Gresham, Marco, Cage, and Janela, and others, and not being able to get answers or responses. Mm. I, I so, 
like I, I will agree. I think the way Gresham was booked in this match, mm-hmm. it didn't look like Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, kind of. It kind they kind of played the fact that Claudio is a lot taller and bigger. And Gresham's kind of the smaller guy. They they, put, they overplayed the they, like the size and yeah, power. Yeah, they, they, they overplayed the size empowerment. It's like this is the world champion, but he's not really looking like a world champion right now. He's kind of getting ragdolled. Well, like, well, here's the thing. It's it's it, okay. Well, here's the thing I, for like yeah. the start of the match. Like the start of the match, Gresham was on top. Oh like, yeah, he yeah. called out that uppercut opening. He's like, no, right. no. Get over here. Let's start in the middle. Gresham came straight out the gate. Yeah, and then fucking Claudio fucking got him up, I think, on his shoulders, and he reversed it into an arm drag. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, for the most part, up until uh, Claudio gives him a tilt-to-world backbreaker, Mm -hmm. that's where the match kind of was even, at least. Yeah, because besides, like, uh, the leg... That uh, Gresham was isolating. It was the lower back of uh, Jonathan. Yeah. And at that yeah. point, it was just more or less even because he was targeting his lower back, which stopped him from doing a lot of like lift like maneuvers and slams and shit. Uh-huh. And with Claudio, it stopped him from like actually having him lifted for a long period of time. Like his leg would give out. But just one recall of bomb, sat down into it, hooked the leg, pin. Yeah, I w- and also like uh, Gresham targeted the leg. A lot in this match, and afterwards, Claudia was running around. Yeah, the running room. around doing laps after the confetti and like streamers. Yeah, like, like like it was like no big deal. That was the one. As to me personally, this was just that was the one thing that kind of ticked me off about it. It's like the afterwards, and as a wrestler, being told to sell, even when you're celebrating, at least show you're in pain. That's at least. How I've always looked at it. I mean, what did it for me is it was the one Ricola bomb. Like, your world champion. Also, the the length of the match just to get to that one. The face of your company. Like, the length this match had to get to that one Ricola bomb was a bit nuts, too. Yeah. It was like, wow, that's it. Yep. Okay. Yep. He was also mad about the length is what he was reported saying backstage, too, as a complaint. I can't blame him on that one, either. But, but I honestly, I guess we'll hear more as the story unfolds because yeah. it's only been like two days. Uh, no, not even. He even said that he's taking hours. like an immediate break from wrestling too. Hours. Like immediate break from it. That's that's wild. But I mean, hopefully everything plays out for him. I can understand the viewpoint though. Yeah. Because it's like he defended the titles like at all the <laughs> indies in the name of Ring of Honor. Exactly. And it's like, like hey, like, K, thanks for uh, doing all like, that. Exactly. Like. This was at the time ROH was almost out the door. There was almost the time... This is before they bought it out. Yeah, Far th- before. This is where the IRS almost took the door. Yeah, because, um, like, uh, how much of billions they were. Or exactly. Billions. I think it was millions or bit. I don't know. And but, like, how much they were in debt from just, like, refilling and re-signing and paying people contracts for shows that didn't happen. Exactly. And throughout that whole time period... Jonathan Gresham still wore that title proudly. He went and defended it on the indie scene just to keep the name of ROH alive. Yeah, because after the uh, their first show, 
after the pandemic. And then you kind of kicked him in the Bandito dick. Bandito got, like, injured, so they had Gresham replace him. Yeah. And so Gresham just kind of been defending it since then until, like, the buyout happened. But even then, he still had the belt. And it's the OG belt, too. And then you yeah. kind of kicked him in the dick. Like, he unified it with Bandito. It looked like he was going in the right direction. But then that heel turn kind of came out of nowhere, and it's like, okay, that's kind of out of character for you, but let's see how it goes. And then you kind of kicked him in the dick. Yeah, like that match link was kind of insulting if you really wanted to have it be off of one Ricola bomb. Like, it was and, like about and, and then the, 16, and, 17 minutes. And then again, the size advantage thing. I'm like, yo, you're literally like making your world champion look like a joke right now. All right, if you guys want to know how long the match was. How long was the match? This match was 11 minutes and 30 seconds. Oh, wow. It didn't even make really? six, 15 minutes. It didn't even make 15 minutes. But here's the thing. Regarding to the main event, we'll, we'll come back to that time when we get to it. Yep. Most of the matches, only two went past 15, just slightly. All right. Like, only a, like by a minute, at right. least. But Claudio won. Um, it looks like they're leaning more, again, like Brandon said. It looks, it looks like they're leaning more. Uh, they're using the combat club as kind of the, like the bridge, which is cool. Because it also, it also gives that kind of way to, like, AEW is the more, I don't want to say established stars... But with uh, how they're doing Fighter Fest on Wednesday. Yeah. No, Fight for the Fallen. Fight for the Fallen. Sorry. Like Fighter how they Fest have happened already. Yeah, like how they're having like a lot of these younger stars actually starting to appear on Dynamite more than they were. Yeah. I feel like that's how they're gonna start building Ring of Honor. Like oh, yeah. the guys that don't get to be on TV all the time, like Lee Moriarty, Matt Seidel. Guys like that, that's when they're, they're going to start building a new Ring of Honor. Start building, yeah. And a lot of these guys which have all competed in Ring of Honor at one point. Let's not forget, some guys on the AEW roster all have had a match or an appearance on a, on a Ring of Honor at some point. Yeah, true. So it wouldn't feel out of place. But then, it also, then again, it also helps give uh, more... I don't know what's the word. Exposure. More, more exposure, but also more like... I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on the word. Credibility. Like, credibility to the new Ring of Honor. Okay. Like, these guys who have worked their ass off on AEW, but haven't gotten their time on Dynamite. Well, Ring of Honor it has always been the place for the indie guys or guys to just want to wrestle. Mm-hmm. So, like, guys like Lee Moriarty, Matt Seidel, and guys like that who haven't been on Dynamite as much can actually compete for a title and have compelling stories that aren't on Dark or Dynam- or Dark Elevation. Yeah. That's how I see it. Like that's And the- honestly, that makes sense. And using Blackpool Combat Club as a way for that is honestly the smart one because it's just like, you have Wheeler Yuta... One of the best up-and-comers they have right now on their roster. Yep. They have Claudio Castanoli. They're now world champion. They're now world champion, but also someone who has been overlooked, like, time and time again. We we believe, yeah, we all know this. <laughs> but now, but 
Like, we've always had the complaints with all these new guys coming in. Guys are getting lost in the shuffle. Claudio being the world champion is a good thing because it shows, like, they believe in him. But they're also not going to let him get lost in the mix. Exactly. So having Blackpool Combat Club kind of be that bridge is a good thing for everybody. Yeah. Because then it's kind of that open door policy. Get, exactly. You like, kind of get everyone from... Yeah, I, I get it. So that that's how I see it. And I, yeah. regardless of what happened backstage, I don't... It's whatever. We'll f- learn more about that. Just thinking about it now, like the stuff that can happen, like the Bricks, Briscoes are signed to a Ring of Honor AEW contract. Yep. They announced it. Yeah, but long-term we'll get, ones. But we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. But... Like the Briscoes could show up on AEW. If I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just. Put, I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to make show my point here. Like the open door policy, the Briscoes could come to Dynamite to challenge the, the the Young Bucks. They technically can't come to Dynamite to challenge the Young Bucks. Well, I'm saying like they can't show up on Dynamite. But but like you know, but that's what I mean. Like the open door policy with. Blackpool Combat Club being that gap. Yes. But up next. Six-man tag team match. Playa. Playa. Versus uh, Dalton Castle and the boys. The Righteous. Versus versus the Righteous. righteous. I like the Righteous. I honestly never heard of them until now. I haven't either, and I can honestly say I dig the Righteous, yo. Fucking Vincent gives me Rob Zombie vibes. Like, for real, for real. It's actually kind of entertaining. But, um... So, yeah, we had The Righteous and we had Dalton Castle and the boys. And Dalton Castle and the boys, Brent and Brandon. They're actually very entertaining. Uh, the first time we saw Dalton Castle, I, it was either... what It was Manhattan Mayhem, wasn't Manhattan it? Manhattan Mayhem. Yeah, Mayhem. Manhattan Mayhem. Uh, the same night the Hardy Boys returned. Yes. Um... And Dalton Castle, Dalton, both Dalton Castle and the boys are very, very talented human beings. Um, Dalton's entertaining with, you know, that, like, overly egotistical, but, you know, suave kind of attitude he's got going on. And the boys are fucking funny as hell. Like, Brandon and Brent are fucking hysterical. How long did the match go on? About nine minutes and 40 seconds. Yeah. Um... New champions crowned. Brent and the boys won. I mean, uh, Brent, the uh, Brandon, and the... Dalton won. Dalton and the boys. Dalton, Dalton and the boys. And the boys, yeah, I'm a fan of them. Which are making them, I believe, two-time. Two-time, yeah. yeah. ROH uh, six-man tag team champions. Yep. Yep. Well, we'll see what happens from here. I mean, the righteous, I believe, were three-time, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not quite certain. I think they mentioned something about them being three-time uh, six-man tag team champions. But I may be wrong, but oh, congratulations to Dalton and the boys. Can't wait to see what happens next. And the next match, honestly, top, one of the top three for me. Mm. Wheeler Yuta versus Daniel Garcia for the ROH Pure Championship. Yeah, this match was definitely top three of the night. Um... Honestly, this was, in my opinion, probably the most technical bout of the night. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree to that. This one was like the if it, this one was a really, really, really good example of a technical wrestling match. And Garcia already had an interview where he basically Garcia said that he was just going to show up on Dynamite and just destroy the belt. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I, he's like, I, he's like, I don't, I don't need the belt. I only want it so that way you don't have it. Just so really Yuta doesn't have it. Exactly. And then saying, I'm going to take it to the bake stage of Dynamite and smash it into a thousand pieces. With the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah. Listen, oh, I, I think like, Garcia did his best in that show. That match was really good. When he counter a headlock just by dumping him onto the floor. Yeah. But I'm curious on why he was disrespecting like at the end of the match. Well, because you got to remember, these two have also had a feud because Blackpool Combat Club and uh, yeah, Kingston he, and whatnot versus uh, JAS. Also, they had an hour feud in their first match originally yeah. before his. So, There's a whole story so behind this. Well, he also looks at Ring of Honor as... The minor leagues. Yeah. Minor leagues, not not sports entertainment yeah, you know, you know, character. you know how WWE views everything that's not WWE. It's a double play. You see what happens here? Yeah. There you go. It's a spoof. That's what happens. It's a, it's a scary movie. So, this match was yes, definitely with the top three of the night. Very technical, very fast paced. Garcia getting the regal stretch on Yuta. Yeah, yeah. that was great. And and I and I pointed this out because this. This is rewatching it. I re- like you said the regal stretch. Fucking uh, Wheeler Yuta didn't reach for the ropes, but he reversed it and got into uh, the Boston Crab Walls of Jericho, whatever you want to put it. And Garcia had to reach for the ropes. Yep. I like that little twist. They're using their mentors' moves, but it was U- Wheeler Yuta using the Walls of Jericho that made Garcia have to reach the ropes. Yeah. I like I like that it's a little bit of story like a I little more storytelling. Like even if Jericho was to ever go against um, Garcia, if they was to ever wrestle against each other, you can tell like that's his weakness. Also Jericho storytelling. But overall, I, overall, I lo- I love the pure title, and I agree with the crowd when they were I chanting, love, "This is wrestling." I love the rules. Can I just say that? Oh, I yeah. love the rules. Well, because it's like, like <laughs> where they have the near knockout from the slapping contest. <laughs> I love the rules. Well, yeah, because it's like y'all reaction was just like this is happening when they just kept slapping each other. <laughs> it's like no closed <laughs> fist. First one gets a warning, second one DQ, and it's just open hand slaps to the face. It reminded like, me, oh my god, reminded me of Ben Stiller slapping Dexter a night of the museum and shit, just like. <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh my god. I remember that. I'm sitting there, like, oh my god, I fucking love the rules. But but here's the thing. It's because the pure championship is kind of a mixture of MMA, boxing, and wrestling. Well, it's exactly what the name means. It's pure, meaning this is how it's going to be. If you disobey this... You get a penalty. Well, no, like, what I mean by, like, when uh, Garcia uh, collapsed after the slapping contest mm-hmm. and the ref started counting, that's mm-hmm. what would happen in a boxing match. Mm-hmm. The ref would start counting until the match just, until the fight just kept going. Yeah. 
So I like, but I like the fact that this didn't go as long as other uh, pure title matches in the past. Mm. I I Dave like had like the the like former like pure champions at ringside for as, as judges. judges. I was yeah. like, yo, this is awesome. I'm that like, awesome. I'm like, wait, is this like? This is how it's contested, and you're just like, yeah. I'm like, my God. <laughs> like, this is great. That's why I got disappointed after uh, Cody's match with Jericho where they had judges there, like the great Muda and everything, and for every single AEW singles title match, they didn't have judges ever again. Yeah. And it was just like, really? I really feel that was a nice process we could have had. It was. It could have been. But this match, I feel like, went on for like just the right amount of time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean. Fifteen minutes, story. basically, and it also again good storytelling at the end where fucking Garcia is going for uh, Brian's kicks to the head, yeah. like where he grabs him and stomps on their like jaw. However, however, the even more story, bigger storytelling at the end, you know, when both competitors are so, are you know have to shake hands like, hey, good fight. You know, Wheeler reached his hand out. And Daniel Garcia just flipped him off, left the ring, and, and then continu- proceeded to with both middle fingers out the entire way up the ramp. Flipping off the flip logo. Flip off the logo. Yeah, sounds like Austin Aries. I'm just like, okay, well, future storytelling, here we go. But well, what was next? Roosh and his assistant, Jose... Versus Dragon Lee. Can second, I say this is definitely? Can I say night. this is definitely in? The, this is also in the top three. Yeah. And if you haven't figured out what the f- third one is yet, we will tell you. We we will tell you, but it should be very obvious. I mentioned it at the start of the podcast. Um. But yeah, this one had storytelling at its finest. Oh my god! Brother versus brother, literally. This brother is versus this brother. is literally the way. Any brother versus brother feud should happen. Not even, not even Jeff and Matt. Not even or feud or match. Like best build up. Like oh my god. But hold on, which which Hardy feud? The early two thousands, mid two thousands, or the one in Impact? One in WrestleMania. Okay, I agree. Sorry, I had to clarify that one real quick. We got a big Hardy fan. Yeah. Oh, two. But fucking. Roosh and Dragon Lee absolutely killed it. Yes, for those and also for those of you that did did not know, they are actual legitimate brothers. Yeah, like how the brutality just kept picking up the longer the match went. Yeah, it did. He started yeeting his own brother into the guardrails like on every single side. The slaps, the fucking slaps. That German from the apron. The German from the apron. When fucking Roosh went for the fucking uh, horns of the bull, mm-hmm. and fucking hit him, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, it's got to be over. It's got to be over. No, he Lee kicked, kicked out, and everyone just made a big deal out of it. I'm like, then when his Whoa. brother hit his finish, he kicked out at one. I'm like, damn. Then, it, then it hit, <laughs> the- Dragon Lee hits his finish. Roosh is like, yeah, no. Get, kicks out at one. That the- suicide dive <laughs> through the table. Yep. Looked, the suicide dive. Oh my god. It looked like Dragon Lee. Fucking landed headfirst into his brother's nuts and his broke the table. <laughs> yeah, yo, can we can we can we talk about that real quick? Because that looked nasty. Like low key, that really did look nasty. Like it literally looked like his head broke the table. 
Or at least that's the way, like, the angle, like, the camera angle turned at the time of the event that it happened. It literally looked like his head broke the fucking table. But, no, oh, but, yeah, these two absolutely beat the hell they out of each other. They beat the ever-living shit out of each other, and it was amazing. Then Roosh with the dirty tactics at the end to yeah. actually steal it from his brother. Yeah. After they shook hands and hugged at the yep. start of the match. Yep. Honestly, yeah, this tactics. was second best match of the night. I thought I thought this was a fantastically well put together match. Oh yeah, both of these guys, both these both guys. of these guys fucking absolutely killed this match. Like it was fucking great. It was my second favorite. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I didn't say the times for uh, this match. I'm gonna say the time for this match and the last match. Okay. Uh, Wheeler Yuta and uh, Daniel Garcia went 15 minutes and 55 seconds. So just under just under 16 minutes. Okay. By a hair. Okay. And same with uh, Roosh versus Dragon Lee, 15 minutes and 50 seconds. Okay. There was only one other match besides the main event that went longer than that. So what match is up next? The match that went lo- that went slightly longer. Okay. Mercedes Martinez versus uh, Serena Deeb for the ROH Women's Title. This has to be honestly. This was one of the great, good technical matches. This was honestly a great example of not only technicality but, but women's the, wrestling. Win- Okay. This is long term because they're both were at Ring of Honor before they even had like a real legitimate <laughs> women's division. This was also a good way, a good example of David versus Goliath. How a good one and a well balanced one can work very well. Um, storytelling, because like you just said, their feud goes way back. Women's wrestling. This was a great example of a lot of things. Just give a just give two and amazing women's wrestlers. Oh, sorry, one, you, uh, you one, one of my homies is Puerto Rican. That's why I just wanted to throw in there. Puerto yes, yes, Mercedes Martinez. But even though you reared against her, you did. Yeah, you did. And so did I. I did too. I thought Serena Deeb was really going to finally win. Well, Serena Deeb just went from one of the people who was released from WWE to like one of the most greatest women's like wrestlers in the business right now. Exactly, but like called the Professor. Yeah, That's fucking awesome. Yeah, like what? Like what I was gonna say was like just give two talented women's wrestlers fucking fifteen to twenty minutes and just let them go, and they will bring the house down. And this was one of those examples. Of They're that. pretty technical just to get to yeah. their submissions. To be yeah. honest. Like this, this is one of the neck cranks, the deep talks. I think I was, yeah, the deep talks. I was like, "What is that? Oh my god!" I'm like, "Oh my, that looks painful." I'm like, damn. Let's go. But no, it was. This was definitely one of the best technical women's matches I've seen in a while. It was really good. I did really enjoy this match. I thought it like, was very technical. So like I expected this from Serena Deeb, one someone who has worked her ass off over the years and then was also a coach at the performance center for a while until COVID happened. Really? Yeah, that's where yeah. she was uh at like with WWE. So th- yeah, after that, just seeing what she's been able to do and just show people that yeah, she's not just someone who was in the straight edge society and cut and is known for cutting her hair. No, she showed that I am one of the best female technicians in the world right now. She's known as the professor of professional wrestling. 
Exactly. So she's going to school you. Yes. Moving on. But, yeah, and uh, Mercedes Martinez uh, retained over uh, Serena Deeb. I forgot. It was it. Uh, the Romero it? Dragon Sleeper. Yeah. Yeah, she made. Yeah, sorry, I'm blanking for some reason. But this match went 17 minutes and 20 seconds. Okay. This is the second, second longest match on the, the entire card. Next match, this match went slightly longer. I'm going from bell to bell. Okay. But the beginning, it was like maybe like a little longer than the time it says on here. Okay. So Mojo versus Jay Lethal for the TV title. Okay. Yeah. Started out with an ass kicking before Jay Lethal could even finish yeah, his entrance. Literally, like the mat, like the en- the match didn't even start. Lethal got about halfway through his entrance. Might I add, he just told like his entire team. To like, hey, stay back. I got this. I got this. Yeah, I got that, this. That got me too. Yeah, like, yo, stay back. I got this. I got this. Right? You oh. sure you got this, homie? Oh, you sure? You sure? They made a whole big deal about it. They dedicated like three whole minutes to him saying goodbye to his teammates. <clears throat> Gets about, you know, halfway down the ramp. Samoa Joe just cuts his ass off, comes out, death stare charge and they start beating the shit out of each other on the rampway it spews out to ringside into the ring posts into the guardrails over by the announce tables and then out comes uh what's his face satnam singh satnam singh and he's like oh let me help you let me help you and you know lethal was just like hey you know what I could use your help after all put it on put the chair on his arm and run it into the ring post Right after you told your homies to stand back. Make stand up. back. You, uh, see, I, I... Make it make sense. Make I, it make sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you don't even use heel tactics, all right? Like, heel tactics are, like... It seems like that's the excuse for everything. Just, just like, just why? Just make it make sense. <laughs> yeah. What he said. But... Lethal and Joe are two amazing wrestlers, regardless of what someone in the booth thinks of them. Well, what? Well, no, certain what? someone, certain someone in the in the match. Just gonna just say like Lethal and Joe are two of the best, and those guys. I think Lethal's overhyped. I I personally. I'm a fan of what Lethal has done. Yes. Like, I understand, okay, he was the first person to, like, unify the Ring of Honor television am, title. I and am, then had that feud with Jay, Leith, uh, Jay Lethal, uh, Jay Briscoe. Like, I get it, but, like, everybody wants to hype him as the greatest like, ever. Well, like, no, I, I was going to say, like, I was going to say he's one of those guys, along with uh, guys like Punk and Danielson, guys who we kind of owe ROH to. Hmm. Like, he was one of those guys before, like up until, okay. like, 2007. I can admit that because that is true. That is just straight fact. I cannot because you also have people like the elite there, too. That is well, I'm, talking about that early, is I'm talking about early days of ROH. But that is fact. That is very much fact. But there is just something about Jay Lethal that I do not like. Yeah, I could agree. I don't really There's know. just something about him that I do not like. Don't know what it is. Can't tell you. It's just can't something. Say it. It's just something. It's just something. It's. But it's over. just like something that every time he comes on the screen, I'm just like, oh fuck, this guy again. Like, is it because right. he's from Jersey, like us? 
Why would we hate on somebody Why who's from Jersey? Why would we hate on someone from Jersey? I don't know. Anyway, but, but this match, this match was cool. I mean, Joe kicked out of the lethal injection. Yeah, Joe kicked out of the lethal it injection. Was, he went for it again and just right into the sleeper. He got caught in the sleeper. Uh, lethal reversed it into a jawjacker. Yeah. Fucking went for O'Connor roll. And Joe popped up and caught him uh, into the coquina. Into coquina, choked him out. But this match was good. Was pretty good. Like it was great to see. It was great to see Joe back on TV because he had been off for a while. Yeah. So it was good. It was just good to see that. And this match went for twelve minutes and twenty seconds, depending on if it's going from bell to bell. Okay. Ish. Not bad. I mean, yeah, it's great to see Joe back. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna keep my assumption and say that uh, I'm gonna guess Sweet Tooth filming is done, so maybe we get uh, Twisted Metal sometime soon. But who knows? Hmm. But, but not, it was a really good match. It really yeah, it was. was. Um, this show so far has been amazing. Yeah, the, the main event is the cherry on top of this. On top of this whole oh, Sunday. Oh my god. All right, so main event time. Main event time. Main event time. Yep. Two main out of three falls. Time. Two out of three falls for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship. Holy shit. FTR versus the Briscoe Brothers. Now, I'm going to say this straight up. This is best tag match of the fucking year so far. Again. Yeah, so yeah. far so far this is the this is the best tag team match I've seen all year. Um like this match had the drama. This had the hard hitting action. It had this the storytelling. They dug deep. They dug deeper. They said all four of these men have kids, dude. Cash, like, uh, and they went into like from like hard times to like you know where they're at now kind of stories. It was all there, and this the build to this was was perfect. Was absolutely chef's kiss perfect. And I'll definitely say this. Uh, this match literally had everything in it. Like Cash, uh, after, I want to say, prior to, like halfway th- before there was any falls. Mm-hmm. And then after the first fall and kind of middle till he tagged out. Mm-hmm. Beautiful storytelling. Yeah. And just the action, the emotion was there. Great technicality from all these guys. FTR proves why they're two of the best technical tag teams uh, in the world right now. And, and Brisco- why are there seven star FTR? Yeah, and Briscoe's show why people need to stop sleeping on them. Yeah, people need to really stop sleeping on the Briscoes, honestly. There is no, in ROH, there is no tag team division without the Briscoes. Honestly, there's... Top five dead or alive, period. Oh, hell yeah. Like, the Briscoe, like, both of them are great individual stars, but when they're a team, good luck trying to top them. Like, they are fucking amazing. I love, I've loved them since I started watching Ring of Honor. We got a shout out from them once. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. Well, it was more Mark than Jay, but it still counts. No, it was more Jay than Mark. <laughs> no, it was Mark than Jay. I'm gonna have to rewatch the video. You're I gonna. See, it was. I, I it was, swear to, it, I swear it to was God, Mark. I know. I it. promise you, it was Mark. I'm gonna look that up. You're. Uh, 
I'm going to have to look that up, but continue on the match. Anyway, this match was literally insane. I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, who's bleeding first? That was, that was who, like, my thought process. The I'm blood like, from the chops. I'm like, which one's going to bleed first? And it was Dash. The chops. Dax. That, that, or, oh, it was Dax, right? Yeah, Dax. The chops that man received. Holy shit. Oh, wait, it was Dax that I was talking about. Sorry, I fucked up because I'm used to Dash, Dash, Cash. The chops that man received. Holy shit. It was fucking nuts. Like, just seeing that. The chops ripped his skin open. He was bleeding. It looked bad. The ring bell. The ring bell. That came later. The ring bell came in and busted open Dash. Not cash. Yeah, cash. Oh, cash. But fuck. What What was funny is fuck. I botched. So did I. I I was talking about cash. I was saying cash when I meant dash. Dash, cash, mash, bash, fast. But no. X and smash. But no. Um. The first fall, and this was, and I kind of saw this coming, semi. That it was uh, the Briscoes that got the first fall. I'm like, all right, so, yep, this is where FTR wins. They dragged this match. They, they, and they won with the fucking Doomsday device. Yeah, they did. Think about that. They won with the move that FTR have won matches with before, too. Yep. And the fact that uh, Dax stayed in the entire time. Yeah, he After did. that and continued to fight was amazing. And then when Cash came in, dude. It was all hype from there, dude. It and, was all over the place. And I love this uh uh this sequence. Uh Dax tags back in. Uh I forget who I think it was Jay. Jay whips off uh Cash. He slides through Jay's legs and under uh Dax's legs. To hit the big rig, that was that was Jay. Yeah, that that was yeah. that, that was Jay. It was so clean, it looked yep. absolutely perfect. It did. It was cool as fuck. It was so clean. I I I loved that. However, there was one thing. If there's one complaint about this match that I have, the botch. Oh, the ref. The ref botch. I'm just calling it mistiming. Not, not a lot of. Uh, you you pointed it out, B. I did. You did. No, Eddie. Uh, I know. Blaze did. I did. You pointed it out. So there's this part where you see again um, Dax. So there's a part where where he's gonna hit which one? Which Frisco brother? Uh, Jay. He was going for Jay. Okay, so he's going for Jay. He's looking at him and he goes to swing, but instead of going for the swing to Jay, he straight went. Made a left turn and hit the ref, and he's like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, I'm like, bro, that was a bug. It was supposed to be you made a it was, complete It was supposed turn. to be yeah, he, Jay ducks and uh, Dax hits the referee. Well, instead, Jay ducks. The referee moves out the way, and Dax just goes and curves and hits the referee anyway. The ref it's like he was aiming for the referee. Yeah, purposely. On purpose. And then all three of them kind of looked at each other, looked at the ref, and the crowd looked very confused. You fucked up. 
you fuck. I'm like, ugh. Hey, honestly, I'll take one fuck up because the shit they did in this match was absolutely amazing. It was. That it was. Like that, I said, the, that botch is the only knock I have on the entire fucking match. Jay kicking out of the big rig after the ref getting thrown back in later. Yeah. yeah that, and they said that was the first time ever? Yeah, that's the first time ever anybody kicked out of it, even as the Shatter Machine. Shit. Long-term storytelling on that. Damn, every move that's never been kicked out of is being kicked out. End of days, 3D. I mean, it's eventually time to... Well, yeah, I know. But... Time's changing, buddy. But still, I'll... Damn, what else is there to say? What else isn't there to say about this match? The last, like, 20 minutes was amazing. And And the way they got to the finish... Fucking going for the doomsday device again. Yep. Then getting that super plex, that super back flex through the table. And honestly, I forgot when I watched this yesterday. I forgot the table was there. I was so invested in the match. I honestly forgot that the table was there. And then when it happened, yeah. I'm like, oh shit! Also, it exploded. That there's there's nothing but frame on the right side. That was all shoulders. Oh, oh head, shoulders, shoulders, no knees and toes. No knees and toes. <laughs> and then, and then Dax did was listen to Cypress Hill because he was thinking, "How could I just kill a man?" As he delivers a pile driver from the middle rope. Oh, that that was insane! But I love the finish. The finish was great. Delivers the pile driver, rolls over, just pins him with his, with his legs. Just, like just out of that exhaustion, he can't even move. He back can't to even move. Him. I was just like, "Yo, that's a dope finish." That's no, so that awesome. wasn't even the first pile driver he took. He took a stiff one earlier from just being on the ground, yeah. there, and then he just took a second rope one. This match was pile driver city, yeah. basically. It really <laughs> was. Jay has the, the J driller, which is basically, which he did hit, which is uh, I believe a butterfly pile driver. Yep. Yeah, or so, tiger driver. Uh, I thought it was always a butterfly uh, pile driver for some well, reason. Well, same thing. That's what they call it. Tiger driver, butterfly pile driver. But this match, this match went, hold on. This match went 43 minutes and 25 seconds. Wow. They went all out for this one, though. I Death before this honor. Yeah, this definitely lived up to it. Um... This match was great. I mean... Yeah. These are two, honestly... The best tag teams in the world right now. Honestly, two of the best tag teams in the world. Period. Like, period. They're... It's there. Just accept it. Oh, yeah. Come to grips. They are two of the best tag teams in the world. And honestly, they got, well, I shouldn't say the Briscoes. I am excited to see where the Briscoes road now leads. Yeah. Because now they're back, you know, at the beginning, working their way up again. But the tag champs, I don't know what, I don't know what this means now because at the end of the show, after the match, William, William Regal, Claudio, and Wheeler 
came out on the stage and kind of just raised their titles as FTR raised theirs. So I'm like, oh, what are we going to see? I, I'm going to think of it as one of two ways. What? First one. Yeah. Simple. Tag team match. Yes. Player. There you go. But also, I don't know why. I could see them kind of. I don't. It's just like another option to just the one that everybody's saying. Maybe have them join Blackpool Combat Club. No. no. Well, I, mean, I can't see that. Because here, here's why. Here's why I'm saying it. Here's why I'm saying it. No, it isn't. It's not. Here's what I'm saying. It's because going back to what uh, the like what uh, Danielson said to Moxley when he first pitched this, he said like to bring it like to teach the best of the best, like to bring in the next generation and teach them the best way. FTR would be one of the best teachers for tag team wrestling, especially for Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, but I don't think Blackpool Combat Club needs them. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I agree with that, but it's just like... Now, my question is, if they was to, if you was to have a combat club, which of whatever two members of the club, right, versus FTR, who would you choose? Wheeler, Yuta, and Danielson. That'd be my pick. Okay. To go against FTR. Now, who would you pick to win that match? FTR. I would would say FTR. So, here's the, here's the, here's the, here's what I think's going to happen. Heary, heary, heary. Yeah, exactly. Heary, heary, heary. Let's hear it. It's going to be Claudio and Wheeler versus FTR when the time comes. Because why the, who the fuck else would it be if they're the ones that came out, right? When that time comes, they're going to have a series, right? They're going to have their own little series going on. And eventually, eventually down the line, somewhere down the line, they will either be members of the combat club or honorary members of the combat club, per se. Oh, like kind of. I don't see it happening right, like, in, like, the next couple months or so i see it happening like maybe like way down the line if after like you know everything that ftr wanted to do is done well yeah because because it's like where do they go from here exactly like, well now it's like bugs aren't tag champs and people thought that's what it was going to lead to a winner takes all between uh, FTR and the Bucks. But that was never the plan, apparently. That was never the plan. But that's what people were speculating, so it's just like... Me, personally, I, as much as I would want to see them versus Blackpool Combat Club, I would kind of want to see them collect these other belts. Like, there's still other titles out there for them to win. Mm-hmm. Like, seven-star FTR can also represent the number of belts. Well, we'll see. But Death Before Dishonor, amazing card start to finish. Yeah, this was a really good one. This was an absolutely fantastic card. And so far, the two Ring of Honor shows put together by AEW have not missed. They have not missed. I can agree. I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, for three hours, it's pretty booked well. One to ten, what would you rate it? A solid nine. I'll say eight and a half. 
Yeah, I'm going to say about an 8 to an 8.5 is fair. Right. I think that's where I'm at. Maybe a light 9. A light 9? A light 9. <laughs> what the hell like is a so, light 9? Like somewhere, like somewhere between nine, 8.5 and 9. Like somewhere there. You got to make up a choice. Yeah, you got to make a choice. You dedicate to a number. All right, 8.75. I'm going to stick with 8. it. 8.75. I, I think I'm going to stick with 8. Are you going to be... You know, keep it simple. I'm 8.5. But there is other news, so... Uh, I'll give it an 8. Okay. Well, because I was going to say, for me, the pros outweigh the cons big time. That's why. But okay. the hype was there. Fair enough. But we do have other news, too. Yes. Breaking so, other news that happened this week. Holy shit. Wrestling. Take it away, Euless. Then all right, so are we going into the controversial one or the one I had to decode? Wait, save the best one for last. <laughs> Wait, the one you had to decode? Yes. Is it that one or the other one? That one, the one save you the had, the one you had to decode. This oh, is not the one I had to decode. Wait, yeah, what's that one? This isn't the news you're looking for. Oh, that's the one. That that's the one. Yeah, this is the one you're looking for. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. That's that. That's so. This was something that actually got put out by Brian Alvarez, and he even said, this can't be real. So, Joey Ryan is now doing an actual, like, talk event special. And it is called, If These Balls Could Talk, The Rise and Fall of Joey Ryan's Penis. That is not, that is not a joke. That's what the name of the title is. This is why he got fired from Disneyland. Oh, yeah, because of, like, you know, they did do a background check on the wrestler name. Because his real name didn't have anything with that under. And this is an event scheduled for August 19th at 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. In Los Angeles is the Ventura Boulevard White Fire Arena. On the upside, there's a refund policy. I was about to say, refunds are optionable, folks. Yes, there's a policy for refunds. Uh, Throw apples at Joey Ryan and then get a (laughs) refund. I'm sorry. Okay, a journey to discover one's own toxic masculinity through the larger-than-life world of professional wrestling about this event. What's real and what's scripted in the larger-than-life world of professional wrestling? What happens when a performer blurs the lines between false reality they are trying to sell and the real world in which they live? Join Joseph as he reflects on his own career as a professional wrestler and the heights of getting everything he could hope for, success, a wife, a worldwide admiration to the lows of losing it all in the blink of an eye. In this live performance of a one-person show, Joseph takes on the roles of all the colorful personalities and influence in the journey of my phone screen locking, so I can't finish the sentence, in his journey and battles of his greatest opponent yet, his own toxic masculinity. Okay. This is an actual event. So, are you ready to hear my thoughts about this? Yes. Could one be crying for attention so much more? I was going to say, cancel this show like we canceled Joey Ryan. He got, he think about it, he gets fired from Disney. Now he's putting this all out because obviously... He gets, re- he gets forcefully retired from wrestling. For- yeah, he gets forcefully retired from wrestling. It, it's like, bro, you, you kind of brought this upon yourself. Yeah. Now this kind of, like I said, seems like he's reaching for attention. Like, even the way he put, like, the advertisement to the show. 
Like, the way he worded it and everything, it's like, bro, like... Like the rise and fall of him and his genitalia. Like, 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 like bro, you're you're not... You you weren't that good to begin with. You're not... You're not... You definitely weren't that good on your way out the door. I mean, I don't... That I mean, it's cool and all that. I mean, I guess you, you, you know what, what you did wrong and where you fucked up. But, I mean... I'm not going to pay $25 to go see you. Because I don't really give enough of a shit about you to go see you. Yeah, that's $25 just down the pipe. Hell yeah. And then when you and then if I ask for a refund, fucking fees and whatnot, I'm probably going to get half my money back. Yeah, this ain't GameStop. This ain't GameStop. This ain't GameStop, bitch. Uh, but, I mean, it is what it is. Joey Ryan's going to be Joey Ryan. Best way to say it? Fuck him. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, some people will go. I mean, I guess people will feel bad for him, but I, I don't see many people going to this event. Or, well, we'll see, I guess. Um, yeah, what else we got? Well, we're we going to go to the one that I decoded and all? Yeah, let's do it. Let's hear it. All right, that's so a, let's, let's talk about Bray mm. or Wyndham. Well, first let's talk about the one thing that we don't need to hear my decoding nonsense to to discuss, his bio. Yeah. Begin again, kid. It's what you do. By VKM. With a bunch of dots over and over, then followed by business. Which I believe is his business link. Mm -hmm. But, Yeah. yeah. That was an interesting tweet. It... It got me thinking it's just like... Or interesting bio change, rather. Like, people were saying, like, oh, that means he's returning to WWE. No, I think it means is that he's starting over. He's not going to WWE. Most likely, would say AEW. That's one way of looking at it. He's going to reinvent himself into a way that he feels is going to be comfortable enough for him. Yeah. And not controlled by a machine. But... He did put this tweet out with a photo of basically from Dante's Inferno mm-hmm. of uh, Bertrand Bernana, I think it is, his name is. I have to go back and check. But I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. That's very fucking cryptic. Yeah, extremely cryptic. Sounds like Bray. Well... We'll see, I guess. I mean, you gotta, like, Bray's become, like, the new CM Punk in a way. Like, with the the ways of, oh, how he's gonna show up, or, oh, the surprise entry, or the surprise could be, it could be Bray, we're we're here. And it's like, all right, it's just getting a little, like, it's like, all right, it's starting to sound like too good to be true kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I looked up several translations to it because there's actually several different of like ways, like from the King James version to the standard English version, mm-hmm. to actually had it phrased. Mm-hmm. So one of them basically said, "And I will give him the glory of David, and he shall rule, and there shall be none to speak against him." Also, the people the way are thinking that it's related to uh, WWE is because during uh, Edge's like little like or perceived edges like return vignettes there was a lock so when he said key like key to the lock and everything Mm. so there was a lot of assumption around that 
Also, another one says, I will give him complete authority under the king, the descendant of David. But more or less, what is the key of House of David actually mean? Basically, in reading this, the little booklet, notice that the keys in the sculpture and rightly divide between life and death, between the soul salvation as a free gift without works, and the life and life of the body by faith and works. The first key is the see the life redemption of body, soul, and spirit. So basically like redemption. Mm. And actually be like set in like mind, body, and soul and everything. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And you, but it was also a term found in Revelation in Isaiah twenty two twenty two, basically okay. saying go on that the key of David would give one control over David's domain, i.e. Jerusalem, like a city or mm. control of an area. Mm. The fact in Revelations three seven, Jesus holds the key to shows that he is the fulfillment of the de- of the Davidic uh, covenant, the <laughs> ruler of the New Jerusalem and the Lord of the Kingdom of Heaven, basically. That okay. it also mean that. Also, key is another word for control or authority. Okay. So, control over something. Like, but, control over his own path and career. Yeah, something of that. But there's a pastor named Gerald Flurry who basically gave his opinion on it. Mm-hmm. And said that uh, with the prophecies and the reading of many other passages as secretly prophetic, Flurry has a special interest... In the fact, because it was also based off of like uh, Dante's Inferno, the picture. And it's a uh, quote is completely different to the picture, weirdly enough. Yeah. So he claims that the key of David is held by Christ in the profound understanding he wants all of us to have, which will lead to spe- uh, special posi- positions of authority in the New Jerusalem, which I said earlier, and claims that the letter of vision is what Christians are to do, but that only a small percentage will understand the great vision. And qualified to receive special authority to sit along Jesus with the throne of David. Mm. So I like the whole small percentage part of there. Okay. Like small percentage will actually see his vision and actually share the throne. Okay. But also like the conclusion of the whole thing was that uh, Timothy was told to avoid myths and endless genealogies. These promote uh, controversies rather than God's work. Or God's faith, rather. Mm. But yeah, let's talk about the fucking picture. It's actually from Dante's Inferno. And it's basically uh, stated in uh, the whole, like, uh, summary of that whole scene. A headless figure approaches Dante holding his head in front of him as it were a lantern. So think about that. The the fiend. The figure holds his head up to the poets so that they can hear him better. The figure says that he is Bertrand de Born and that he is set to the young king to mutiny against his own father. Born states that he that because he parted father and son, he spends eternity with his head parted from his body. Mm. You know, it was in Inferno, Canto 28. And basically he had gazed upon them and said, Oh, is me. It itself made itself a lamp, and they were two in one and one in two. How that can be, who knows who so ordains it. One and one and two and two, I think you could probably say the fiend and Bray's alternate persona. Maybe. But yeah. It's very fucking cryptic. But that's all the things I had to go through to get that. So I think it's more or less like looked at, he views himself like as a bit of a martyr now. Mm. Considering how he had like, like, just like left WWE. Because we're almost approaching a year since he's been fired. Yeah. Yeah. 
and like uh, saying that only a few will understand his vision. I guess more or less because uh, he's vocally said that he's like annoyed with people just assuming things about him now. I actually yeah. think we're actually at a year. Yeah, we're about to be. I think on the twenty second. I believe so because I remember when he got fired. I was actually booked for a show the exact same day. Yeah, it was like in the middle of the afternoon. I shared it to yeah. like the chat. July thirty first. Yeah, July. Th- wow. Damn, it was really at the end of the month. I thought it was yeah. the 20s. We are six days away from a year since Bra- uh, Bray Wyatt was released. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Literally fucking wild. Yeah, it was funny that I remember that. Everybody in the locker room was like, bullshit. But, you know what? I hope uh, Wyatt or Wyndham or whatever he goes by really does uh, find whatever he was looking for and... Re- Hopefully, he feels like he redeems himself. I mean, like, a lot of people said since, like, uh, this tweet and, like, that whole picture from Dante's along with the Isaiah 22, like, quote, like, said that it maybe it's, like, gone a little stale now with him. I kind of don't agree with it. Hence the reason I looked up all that. Because I'm actually curious to see where it's going to go. I mean, it's been about a year. I mean, I think his movie projects might be close to concluding in post-production so i think we may be going back to a wrestling return especially since he said both body mind and spirit with the terms of like a uh, redemption for those who actually like gain like the message mm-hmm. so it's like maybe we are close to him coming back especially with him posting something that big especially with the whole two and one and one and two are the same for who uh, ordains it yeah like also the lantern yep like it's it fits like something like along the lines of him returning as his character. I look at it as maybe the messages in that of Bray the character after getting released. Maybe like maybe yeah. getting released. It was like him getting killed off in a way. Okay, because I, I I get what, I got uh, you reading that and pointed something out like the guy like uh, the guy saw a headless man with his uh, head. Bertrand. So, like I kind of saw like I kind of get the idea of like. That one character is Bray, and then the guy, the headless man with the the lantern, mm-hmm. is kind of like the past he's leaving, like but, the past of him. But also another thing to notice is that that was a uh, in a locale that is technically hell. Yeah, like they're literally in hell. Yeah, and he was actually like uh, based off a real life poet that had like a lot of like famous phrases. That was included in the novel, too. Mm-hmm. And it was him being depicted in hell with having to carry his own head. Yeah. So, like... But, the fact that it's in hell was a pretty... Telling thing about it. Instead of it just being, like, a passage. Well, let's see where well, things go from I guess here. we'll see. It's fun mean, to dive into. We just went straight to hell with I his mean, fucking... Uh, Vague, I mean, like, uh, messages now. We gotta be getting close, I guess. So, I guess we just wait until then. Yeah, because uh, we're a year. About to be a year. Yeah. So, it shouldn't be much longer. Hopefully not. But, with that said, gives us about a couple minutes to take a commercial break. Mm-hmm. And we'll be right back with the uh, the main topic of this episode. The crazy asshole. The retirement of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Yeah, I'm sorry. Just had to get that last one out. So we'll be right back.
And we're back. What's good, y'all? All right. Well, you know, I mean, the biggest news the, of wrestling. Yeah, happened. yeah. Pretty much the biggest news to happen in wrestling history. Well, like, you know, like earth-shaking, groundbreaking kind of news like this in a while, and that's the retirement of. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. This was after Triple H was appointed EVP again for talent relations earlier in the day. Yeah. yeah. It was like, I saw it and I'm like, oh, Trips is back? Let's go. Good to see Trips. And I go on later after that and I'm just like, wait, 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 what? Vince retiring? Dude, you know, and you know, in what? a tweet. In a tweet. And it said, at 77, time for me to retire. Thank you, WWE Universe. Then, now, forever, together. Hashtag WWE, hashtag thankful. Now, and you know what's funny? I didn't know about this. Julius literally called me up. And I was like, yo, what's up? And he was telling me about, and he's like, oh, you didn't hear the news? I'm like, what? I go into the group chat and I see that. He hears my f- live reaction. I was like, you're fucking with me. This is fake. That was my initial reaction to it because I saw it in Heels Court. Shout out Heels Court. Shout out Heels Court. Vic, Malik, Tim. Love you, Tim. Not going to shit on you today, Tim. Brett, rest of the guys. Awesome, awesome. Rest of the guys. I'm, I'm high as fuck, dude. <laughs> but, no, I, but when, he, when he's like, no, it's legit, I went onto Twitter. And I don't use Twitter that much. I just have it installed. I searched Vince McMahon, mm-hmm. and it was the first tweet I saw. I'm like, this yeah. is real. This is really real. What the fuck? It made it set in even more because when I was talking about it with uh, Vic and Brett, it was like, yo, that, it, it looks bad for you because I don't think the investigation is going to stop. And then I saw on uh, Instagram later by, I forgot what account, I think it was maybe Cheap Pop or Henny Wrestling, one of the two. Shout out Cheap Pop, shout out Henny Wrestling. One of the two uh, posted that, the same, the same day made 28 years since he was found not guilty during the steroid yes. trial. That was me who sent it. Yeah. Oh, it was you? Yeah. Okay, because I, I thought I saw it on someone's uh, Instagram post. That's why. It was wrestling uh, 80s and 90s that posted it, and I sent it to the chat. No. Okay. It was and like, I, on this day, Vince McMahon was cleared of all charges from the steroid trial 20, 28 years ago today, yeah, and then I which I thought was it. even nuts to find out at the end of the day when all that just concluded. Because this was on SmackDown and on a Friday again. Yeah, literally. And what's and and ironically enough, I was waiting for Wrestle Talk's video. Fucking it! Every it caught everybody off guard. They didn't even have time to record a video. They looked like they were cutting a promo. Sean Sapp was like fucking watering his lawn when he found out. Like none of us at work. Like no one was prepared for this. I was looking up all that Bray Wyatt stuff and reading a lot of Dante's Inferno because the stuff that I mentioned was the stuff that I actually found that was related to it, mm. and not the stuff I had to read to get to it. <laughs> but like yeah, that's what I found wild, out because it's like, okay, heels court. I got a notification. It's like what the fuck? Like this is something. What the fuck? And I'm like, what the fuck is they blowing up about? And it's wild too because he showed up not once but twice after you know. The whole, uh, the whole inv- thing. The whole and it was like us thing. versus them. And he yeah. said, and he basically said when he came backstage, "Fuck them." Yeah, pretty much. He showed up, 
And now he's being they had he had to be forced to retire. Yeah. It was th- one of it was one of that we need you to retire so we don't have to fire you. Exactly. It's, it's either one. It, or two. it had to be because yeah. this happened so quick like together. It was yeah. planned about 10 days ago. So like roughly around when the first accu- accusation came out. Uh that was about 37 days ago. Okay. So after the uh, $12 million ones were revealed, right? Uh, Around that time? No, I want to say about, like, halfway through last week. Okay. Okay. Because... That's basically when they decided that he was going to retire. Because when I saw that, I'm like, this is either one of two ways. One, a way to stay face. Save face? Save face and not uh, say, oh, yeah, we're firing him. Or two... Him being found guilty and not and being forced out of office by the courts and whatnot. Well, that's a, that actually is a very big possibility. It's a way to kind of, I guess, look better. But, but the, at I, the you, same time, retirement, I think, is probably the best way they could have gone. Like they said, only a very close circle actually knew about Vince's decision, and the overwhelming reaction within the WWE universe has been one of shock, especially amongst the longtime employees, as they never truly believed there would be a day they worked with the company with Vince McMahon not at the helm. Mm-hmm. But and then immediately following that, or I, I mean, just as that was uh, announced. It was also announced that Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan are going to be co-CEOs. Yeah, that happened. Like, that was instantly announced, like, with, like, haste right after that. But, uh, what's it called? There was a notice that Vince McMahon had sent out to all the talent, basically. Mm-hmm. And basically, as he sent to the talent, it's, as I approach 77 years old... I feel like it's time for me to retire as chairman and CEO of WWE. Throughout the years, it's been a privilege to help WWE bring you, uh, WWE bring you joy, inspire you, thrill you, surprise you, and always entertain you. I would like to thank my family and for mightily contributing to our success. And I would like to thank all of our past and present superstars and employees for their dedication and passion for our brand. Mostly importantly, most importantly. I would like to thank our fans for allowing us into their homes for every week being your choice of entertainment. I hold the deepest appreciation and admiration for all our generations of fans all over the world who have liked, currently like, and sometimes even love our former sports entertainment. Our global audience can take comfort in knowing WWE will continue to entertain you with the same fever, dedication, and passion as always. I am extremely confident in the continued success of WWE, and I leave it. I leave out our uh, leave our company in the capable hands of our extraordinary group of superstars, employees, executives in particular, both chairwoman and co-CEO Stephanie McMahon and co-CEO Nick Khan. As a majority shareholder, I will continue to support WWE in any way I can. My personal Thanks to our community, business partners, shareholders, and board of directors for their guidance and support through the years, then, now, forever, together, with, like, a plug to SmackDown after that. Then said Vince. Okay. Again, again, I, I did not expect Vince McMahon retiring to be on my list of things to see that day. No, Vince McMahon retiring is a list I did not 
think I would see in my 20s. Him retiring and it's like I thought I'd leaving be. the CEO position. I honestly thought that he would like not be in control after he would pass away, literally. So now because that's how they presented it. Because after it started, he jumped from uh, CEO to head of creative, and like Stephanie was appointed interim like a uh, chairwoman. So, so it was like okay, so he's really gonna stick around in some manner. So now you gotta really think. What direction is this company going to go? Well, that also brings up a good point because uh, Peacock has been... It's, like, been confusing because with the whole leak of WWE thinking of going back to TV-14... Or yeah. them, like, actually, like, planning to go to really soon. Yeah. yeah it's like, just they jumped the gun with the actual TV, like, uh, date companies. Yeah. Like, P- like, uh, like, Peacock... It's been going back and forth with SummerSlam about... Uh, like, if it's a PG show or going to be a rated TV-14 show. Interesting. So, like, either way, I'm interested in it. People said that the commentary didn't sa- sounded different without Vince. Well, I, I I mean... Yeah, Brian Alvarez said that it sounds different because you don't have Vince, like, in, like, the ear saying exactly. what you have to say. Exactly. When you're not being fed lines to you after being fed lines pretty much your whole job also interesting enough like when it comes to the tv exactly. 14 ratings it's yeah. actually going to tv 14 for raw on hulu along yeah. with smackdown mm. rated as tv 14 instead of uh pg so when you make the switch of having someone in your ear to having no one in your ear it's like oh uh, what do i see am i allowed to say that like can i say that no one's telling me not to say that yeah and you know what I'm going to look past this thing real quick. Because I, I want to ask this question. Uh, it's a more personal question kind of for all of us. Uh, and we'll come back to this stuff because we really can't walk around it. But I want to just get this out of the way real quick. Uh, Favorite memory of WWF, WWE with Vince McMahon in control. Like, what is your specific invo- favorite moment? Involving Vince? Not involve, not just not. It doesn't just have to involve Vince, but I mean, like in general. Because I will say this: if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be fucking sitting here talking Hon- about wrestling. Honest, honestly, the Attitude Era. It's period, man. Like the Attitude Era, and then when Austin and Vince actually like sided together. Like you, when it. You like that moment. Dude, I thought it was a, it, it was literally like Well, yeah, I Think I, about it. The guy that Austin has been chasing and beating the shit out of and tormenting for so long. The end of all of it. Standing in the middle of a ring with them with a beer. We're good. What? What just happened? No, he shook hands and then fucking turned heel. It's like what just it's like what just happened? It's a like it was it was what just happened. Well, like yeah. that just happened. Like I totally I I get what you I get what you mean by that. But also but then looking at the what happened after that it's just like ugh. Yeah, but it was also a very iconic moment. And yeah, I no. will never forget that moment. Uh Eulis? Uh probably most of like uh I want to say like 2011, like the stuff like going around with punk when Rock came back originally, and as once in a lifetime with uh, Cena, I'd say more or less that because that was like a dream match I wanted to see for a while. 
Of course, they had to ruin it with twice in a lifetime, which match was so bad that the Rock's abdomen exploded in protest. Yeah. Uh, Blaze? I'm going to go with my childhood favorite, the day I got introduced to WWE. Jericho's Y2J entrance, cutting the promo off from The Rock. I thought that was dope. Um, Another one, Eddie Guerrero. He's my all-time favorite. I'll say Kurt Angle. Because, like, he had to convince Angle that he would be a great heel. Yeah. And another. Yeah. Taker. Uh, three, yeah. Taker. Uh, one of my favorite matches in my generation, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, part one. WrestleMania 25. Oh, yeah. And that will be one. my three. For me, I, I will agree with uh, Ulyss because tw- uh, 2011 to 2012 is when I really started to get into wrestling and that's when I started to want to do wrestling Mm -hmm. so I kind of owe that time period to that but I also owe it uh, like I'm going to agree with uh, both uh, Blaze and uh, Eula's having Angle be the heel that he is Yeah, because Angle is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time Mm -hmm. and who knows what level he would have been at like how over he would have been when he first came in if it wasn't for Vince convincing him to be the heel. Exactly. And like we got that we got so many amazing matches. Like we got him versus Brock uh Iron Man match. Mm-hmm. Uh we have I believe him versus Benoit in a, a submissions Iron Man match. If I'm not mistaken. Ultimate submission match. Yeah, ultimate, the, ultimate, the submission. ultimate submission. And then Taker Taker's given us so many so many memories. Over the past oh, 30 years. Vince the streak, you can just sum up a lot. Exactly. Yeah. Like, Vince, pretty much the amount of Ioya ones, Undertaker, Vince owes The Undertaker right now. Yeah. But, I mean, what he did was fucked up, but we can't all sit here and th- act and like just, he's, did, he's done nothing for wrestling. Yeah, like, like, he's literally been this brain of wrestling for the past fucking, like, 30 years. Yeah. He's been the guy... He, he helped create, ideally, all of our childhoods. Yeah. Because there's only one of us in the car that is at least thirty years that's thirty years old and has seen a majority of it. Yeah, that's you. That's me. And then there's Blaze and Ulysses and me, early twenties and then mid to late twenties. Like we got to see Attitude Era and then every. Call us mid. Well, no, I'm talking about you. Eulis, I know. Wow! He just called you guys mid. No, he called him mid. Oh! But no, late, like, you, like, I know you're late 20s. Eulis is, uh, like, middle, twi- uh, middle, middle 20s. Middle 20s. Mid 20s. I'm yeah. upper mid 20s. I'm 26, bitch. It's mid 20s. Okay. No, it's past mid 20s. But I'm early 20s, so we all got... We all have different... Memories of different times in wrestling, and then Listen, we got man, attitude error was the shit. Yes, and we got to, and because of Vince, we Period. also got to relive that because of the WWE Network. Yeah, The Rock was who got that. What got me into fucking wrestling in the first place? Yeah, and we got and we owe The Rock. Uh, we owe that to Vince because he gave him the opportunity. We owe a lot of things. Especially there after is, he was a face originally that nobody liked after a, a couple of weeks. We owe a lot of things to Vince. But are we going to talk about that Tony Khan tweet? However, 
Yeah. Um, and, that, and again, so here's the thing. So, so um, adding on to this whole Vince McMahon retiring thing, um, Tony Khan decided to send his, uh, you know, um, good luck and, you know, on your retirement. Best luck your be, be, yeah, best of luck on your retirement by tweeting this. Yeah, so this came like almost within, like within the hour. Mm hmm. Of that announcement. It said, thanks to you wrestling fans and your great support of AEW, I'm grateful to now be the longest tenured CEO in pro wrestling. <laughs> Where the biggest shot is right there. Thank you very much to every single person who watches AEW TV. Uh, see you Friday night at AEW Rampage on TNT at 10 p.m. Eastern and 9 p.m. Central and 10 p.m. Uh, Pacific tonight. Yeah, so uh longest tenured CEO in pro wrestling is the biggest thing that you could take out of that. Well, currently, yes. But I think right. Jarrett had a longer reign than him and Dixie Carter too. I think both of them had longer tenures as uh, like CEOs or chairmans of uh, but their companies. The, the, it's like, all right, dude, like we get it. He had to retire. But it's like that. That's a little distasteful. That was a low blow. Yeah, that was a low blow. I'm like, oh, come on, dude. Like, I uh, thought it was very hysterical. I thought it was hysterical because it is not like Vince died. That's how a lot of people are looking at it. Now let me ask you something. Also, from my point of view, yes, he did give us a lot of moments. But I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like. The main reason of what happened 37 days ago that inspired him to leave his position as CEO, let alone the company. Oh, we're getting there. Because we're getting there. We just want to get there. There was another allegation made afterwards besides the Wall Street posting about it. Oh, we're getting there. We just want to get all the good stuff out of the way first so Mm -hmm. now we can get to the the juicy shit. I just wanted to get there. You guys get there. I have one question. What? And it relates to Tony Khan's tweet. Okay. Um, if you think we're going to bash on Tony Khan for the tweet and how, what he said and how he said it, now let's talk about if the tables was to be reversed. Do you think in the WWE side it will be also sent out, that same tweet? Yes, yeah. 100%. Exactly. And I would have called it distasteful on them too. So Period. I mean, but here's the, he but- ended it with promoting his show. Tony does that with every tweet. Yeah, he does that. With, he does that with every tweet, though. But it's all. Yeah. But it's all. But it's also, all, just kind of a meme it's of his now. Like, it, it's like, yo, you're such a good heel. He is the attitude era. Well, he's the forbidden door. Oh dear God! Along with Moxley and anyway, a few other people. But, yeah, so, I, I wanted to get all the good stuff out of the way because there's because now the rest of this show because now like the next you know. However long few down the line, it, it's gonna look pretty bad for Vinnie Mac. So I'm gonna. So before we go into that, I'm gonna end the good part by saying thank you for everything you've done for us, you sick, twisted, demented, crazy man. So I'm gonna say this, Vince. I love you, but fuck you, because now the roast begins. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you for not pushing Taya Valkyrie. Oh right. well, we'll get we'll we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to that. Fuck you for not pushing all these people. Yeah. All right. There's a lot we could talk There's about. I still have you. a lot to talk about right now. We could be fuck here till the sun rises. The golden shovel. So he gave it to Hogan too. So so let's get into Euless. You're up, my friend. All right. Let's so get into it. 
Are we going to talk about the Brock part, or are we going to talk about the post uh, stuff I found out the day after? Well, let's start with the Brock part. Okay. So Brock walked out. Yes. So, like, afterwards, there was announced, like, uh, an hour after it was broke that he retired and everything. They basically uh, got broke out from Brian Alvarez. There's a talent meeting in 30 minutes. Hmm. And then, like, about five minutes later, it was like, I'm getting reports that Brock Lesnar has left the building. Like, literally left. Like, he was there and, and just bounced. Disappeared. Mm-hmm. Like, he left the venue itself. Like, it was like a, it was a derivative quote that they heard from him, basically saying, if he's gone, I'm gone. Like, he left the TD Garden up in Boston after finding out Vince retired. That's wild. And basically, it started the chatter of, can we get him to come back? And he didn't come back until the show had already started. Mm-hmm. And when commentary were actually saying on the show that they're surprised that he showed up, that's because they were. They had no clue. It was a big surprise that he came back, but it worked that they got him back because they had to look for a possible replacement for his opponent uh, against Roman to be possibly Goldberg. Uh, no, don't like he's still like he's still under contract, but he did fill out all his match quotas that he had on there. So there was like a last minute like attempt to see if like if Brock is out, then we. We Listen. should probably get him to run that match that didn't happen. Why? Uh, why? Well, it did happen at Chamber. Listen, no, can we just pretend it happened? Listen, so that way, can we just pretend that it happened so we don't have to get it again? Listen, let me ask you this: Why do you hire all these new, young, talented superstars? Have a third show, and you're still gonna hire the old part timer who we don't want to see wrestle anymore because the man can't hang anymore he almost killed the undertaker <laughs> all right i don't want to yeah. see goldberg wrestle like that's it yeah i don't i'm sorry i love goldberg but that's it. he like overstayed it. his welcome and i was just like that wrestler that didn't you, retire soon enough you was already universal champion hang it up bro yeah you already buried the fiend and kevin owens exactly you, you kind of just you overstayed your welcome, pal. Just, just, oh, yeah. just and go Sean. back to your own house. But like with that's basically like the last minute. Like the show had to get rewritten because it was basically like focused around Brock the whole time. Yeah. So it, they had to like change the show on the fly again after they got him back there, and they had like that beat down like uh, with Theory with hitting him with an F five. They're hitting him with an F5 on the briefcase. Listen, and then smashing the briefcase into his spinal column about 15 times. I would hate to say this, but I would rather watch Theory versus Brock. Or, I mean, Theory versus Roman than to see fucking Goldberg come back. But the thing is, it was a huge surprise for him to see, like, uh, actually come back. Like, Paige even put out before he came back and the show, like, aired that, uh, if this is true, Michael Cole better bring up on commentary saying that he let the WWE universe down. And he took his boy and went home. And the thing is, I was uh, talking about, like, in uh, Heels Court, I think, uh, High Side of the Ropes uh, group chat that we have, was that uh, it's about a month after, because it happened originally in June, where Austin originally walked out yep. on his like, uh, match, basically. It's, like, different situations with it, and it was, like, different matches, like, that were booked in priority. But at the same time, it was, like, something crazy to think about because it's, like, yo, like, 
we have a big four pay-per-view and you're booked in the main event in 11 days yeah. and you just left and it's just crazy. Like we had to look up against Goldberg. There was rumors it was going to be Rollins. There was rumors it was possibly going to be Shane because of like how he beat him before originally. Whatever happened to Shinsuke? That storyline is supposed to still happen, right? Yeah, they said they're supposed to say that they're looking for the save that for a later show. Of course they are. Like another pay per view. Drew McIntyre is going to beat him to the punch. Well, but, uh, Clash of the Castle. Speaking of Shane. Oh, yeah, Shane. Shane. Oh, poor Shane. Oh, Shane. I so basically, Fightful Select have reported because, like, everybody noticed, like, that the after Triple H got put into the EVP position and Stephanie announced as co CEO, which is now the ultimate can they coexist ever, yep. <laughs> that it's mostly like the con era. But everybody started to realize after a bit. Yo, this is something that Shane had waited 30 years for, and he is not involved in it at all. Mm-hmm. And it was about while we were watching uh, uh, Death Before Dishonor that I found the t- tweet posted out from Fightful.com basically saying that Vince had told that Shane McMahon would never get another pop, quote-unquote, in WWE as long as he was running the company after that chaotic tw- 2022 Royal Rumble situation. Which, wow. if you may remember that, it was where uh, he messed with the numbers and, like, uh, booked himself to look strong, which was going to lead to a match, supposedly, between him and Rollins at WrestleMania. Mm. And they ended up getting uh, his number mixed up with Orton, and his went out at the number Orton was supposed to go out. Him also burying Jerry, uh, Jamie Noble, who helped put the original match together as uh, one of the producers. So... It really, also, like, just the segments of it, too. Like, if you really notice, like, Brock just came out and yeeted him out. Yeah. After him, like, outstriking people like Matt Riddle, eliminating Kevin Owens. So, it was like, after, also, you remember the Pat McAfee interview, which just keeps getting bought up with that whole family quote of, if they're not good at their job, then they shouldn't be there. Like, a uh, paraphrasing situation. Yeah. Guess that goes to show that, like, Shane really did, didn't did get shit. Yeah. He really didn't get anything. He got the short end of the stick. It literally. was like, okay, Triple H, uh, head of e- of uh, EVP Talent Relations. Bruce Pritchard now getting filled in for uh, creative right now. And he's taking the Vince rope. Mm-hmm. He's taking it, and everybody is uh, noting that he's more than likely going to take uh, notes, uh, note that note. Notes and pointers from Vince while that whole transition point is happening. Mm-hmm. But uh, they basically said uh, reports from inside the company now have basically been about like what the WWE is going to look like now. They said it's more than likely going to look a little bit the same, but with small dif- uh, differences being made that could actually help in a big way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I because I don't see Bruce Pritchard la- lasting that long for a while. Because if it still stays the same and nothing really gets changed to where they start to see an increase, because so far it's just SmackDown viewerships. Oh, it's about the same. About the same. Okay, it's lower. Okay, it's starting to reach record record low. And then Raw, it's just like, okay, it's doing okay for its TV slot. Or then you'll get, okay, lowest rating of all time every now and then. Yeah. But, like, it's... Because, like... A lot of the guys who were Vince's inner circle 
are being reported of <coughs> being Austin Theory. Not, not those guys. No, the backstage guys. Yeah, but like push. Kevin Dunn. No, not those guys. His push. <laughs> I'm in danger. Yeah. Right. Cue Ralphie. Anyway. But, no, like, uh, John Laurinaitis, he's out. Like, Yeah, he, Laurinaitis he, is done. When, he, they ba- when Triple H got appointed, they basically said, like, that can... That almost confirms that he's on his way out. That's what made his retirement announcement even more shocking because it looked like, oh, wow, they're really going down the route of John Laurinaitis just taking the whole fall because mm-hmm. it looked like that. Because it's like, oh, Triple H just took his job? Okay, so I guess he really is taking the fall. And then also, How wrong we were a couple hours later. And then also uh, Bruce Pritchard reports that he might leave because he doesn't, like, that's what reports were. And then also Kevin Dunn. There's like rumors that he was going to leave. But now there's a report that came out about a quote that he said, believing that uh, Becky Lynch wasn't attractive enough to be WWE uh, Women's Champion. And if you remember that one uh, tweet that Becky put out in 2016, where she basically was paraphrasing and making a joke of a backstage rumor mm-hmm. about how they said that she was like a... Too hard to understand because of her Irish accent. You may remember that rumor going about in 2016. Mm -hmm. That was confirmed to be a quote from Kevin Dunn. And that's why she put out like a tweet basically saying like Scottish last last kicker, like with a period after each word as a shot towards him. (laughs) So after Vince leaves, that gets breaking about Kevin Dunn. Because there's already rumors saying that he's probably going to leave, too. Because him and Vince have worked with each other, like, while their fathers still had a partnership. Yeah. Yeah, and because Kevin Dunn apparently saved some footage from a burning, like, from his burning building or some shit. Some burning car fire or some shit. Like, it's it's just weird to think it's that. It's weird. That. It's like all Vince's guys are, fa- Vince and his guys are phasing out the door. And we're finally getting... And we're finally going to see a world that hopefully can coexist with the rest of the world. Not even that. Well, that, but also just, like, actually understands what the fans want. And not what Vince thinks the fans want. Yeah. So, anyway, what else do you have, sir? So, the day after it happened, Paul London... Was on Cafe De Renee podcast. Oh, Paul London? Yes. Yo! Paul fucking London. Holy shit. I saw a video where he almost got his head caved in. Mm-hmm. That was bad. This yeah. was a podcast with Nick, Renee Dupree. Yep. And basically was talking about a situation involving Vince and Ashley Massaro. Oh. Now, basically, after Ashley Massaro passed, everybody remembers that affidavit, affidavit that was sworn to and approved by her lawyer that got leaked about that whole situation with the sexual assault with the overseas, like, uh, army men that sort of got covered up because of their tribute with the troops relationship. Mm. And Vince basically said, like, oh, it's important to us, that partnership, so you don't have to go over to the Midwest, but we kind of can't mention it sort of situation. Uh, well, there's more to it than that with Vince and Ashley Massaro. Of course there is. And uh, Paul London, being somebody who dated Ashley, basically quoted the saying after that uh, his retirement happened, saying, I do remember specifically many times when she would be crying to me because Vince was propositioning her to fly on the jet with them and Kevin Dunn, quote-unquote, Bucky Tooth Bucky, would be telling her that she, was to, that she has to fly on the jet with them. 
Every now and then, they'd always, as my phone screen locks yet again, fuck you, phone, uh, they'd always put, uh, hold on a sec, uh, they'd, uh, to fly on the jet with them, every now and then, they'd always put the divas up at the TV hotels or whatever, he'd be knocking on her door and trying to get her to answer. Yeah. Wow. This is like announced like a, well, it was announced on the day that he retired, but broke the next day after. Wow. <sighs> Shit. It. I'm gonna say this right now. Rest in peace, Ashley Massaro. Yeah. Yeah. It's that. Um, it's that's just kind of. That's not a good look. No, it's not at all. Like. No. It's just like now. And also, it's crazy now. that this happened due to the allegations. Exactly. Uh, that uh, broke like 37, like, days ago. Mm-hmm. It's wild, man. It is. And Wall Street Journal basically was saying that there's more to come about it, too. He was on the cover of their journal, basically saying, uh, as the title, On the Ropes for Alleged Misconduct, McMahon Retires. Um, well, I think Darkseid has their season uh, four cut out for them now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess we'll have more when more news comes. It's just... It's just... Still of, surreal to think about, in a way. Yeah. Just, we're speechless. Like, yeah. I, I never thought that I'd actually see the day of him retiring, like, without yeah. him passing away. Yeah. I thought it was going to be there until, like, literally the day he died. Even with the allegations, like, when they first came out, and, like, it was, like, $12 billion, mm-hmm. uh, $12 million mm-hmm. in total with, like, four different women, one of them being on-screen talent. Yeah. And also, crazy enough, in the same week that uh, Maria Canellis was quoted for saying, because somebody asked her, oh, would you return to WWE? And then she says, like, under if it, only if it's under new management and, like, uh, ownership. And then in the same week, we have that happening. Yeah, but the show uh, SmackDown opened with Stephanie, and I know you guys heard like uh, the uh, thank you speech Vince. that she gave, like getting them to all chant "Thank you, Vince." I saw like somebody post on Twitter originally saying that oh AEW it feels too much like a tribe and cult like a uh, feel to it, and then it's just like Stephanie getting everybody to chant "Thank you, Vince," "Thank you, Vince," and it's like uh, that sounds like about. As culty as you can get. Literally. Especially since we're all a bit appalled that people were bowing to him when he first showed up. After yeah. everything, yeah. But here's the timeline of the Vince McMahon, like, Wall Street Journal, like, story breaking. June 15th, the original story breaks. Two days later, on the 17th, Stephanie is uh, promoted to interim CEO, and Vince McMahon makes the SmackDown appearance, and also is put into head of creative. Then three days later, on June 20th, on Raw, Vince came out again to acknowledge John Cena returning. Mm -hmm. Then the next day, on the 21st, John Laurinaitis was removed. Then fast forward to uh, July 8th was when the second story broke with, like, four different women. And also, like, uh, the $7.5 million hush money deal. And also the one alleged on talent, uh, on-screen talent one. Mm -hmm. And all the other... Stuff that we had said before. 
That's when the second story broke. And then literally at the end of the month, which was, you know, on the 22nd, Vince retires. Stephanie is appointed, uh, eh, promoted into a uh, full chairwoman, but co-CEO with Nick Khan, along with co-CEO. Triple H is now executive vice president of talent relations. And Shane gets diddly squat. <laughs> Shane literally gets nothing. This all happened literally within a month. Exactly. Most of the big stuff that we talked about happened within the hour, especially Brock leaving. Yeah. When we found out he left, it, it was actually shocking. Because I remember you didn't even know about it until after the SmackDown already started. And you already heard uh, Stephanie's, like, speech. And it was just like, Brock left. And he's like, what? Yeah, he left. But the show's on. Yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah. He left. Yeah. I mean, he came back. They got him to come back, and I saw the best meme. It's like, yo, when your dad actually comes back from getting a pack of cigarettes. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. But, yeah, like, uh, I know Nick was working, and I know you, me, and uh, Mike were texting back and forth in the group chat mm-hmm. about it. I think Blaze was also get involved. Uh, yeah, was- after a while, after, like, about half an hour, he saw it and sent, like, a... Uh, I was surprised when I first... He's like, wait, what? Vince? And, yeah, Nick didn't find out until, like he said, until SmackDown. Like, the craziest stuff that happens randomly. On a Friday of all things. Yeah, they said they had it on a Friday to avoid, like, you know, a blow in the stock market. Because also, you know, it closes on Sunday. Yeah. So, they ended up, like... Saving quite a bit, like 66 on the dollar, which wasn't that much of a loss for them from what it was originally, which I couldn't find. But, uh, it was something I never thought I'd see. Yeah. I, as I said, I thought he'd pass away from the position. Uh, the one big improvement that I want to see that a lot of people have been talking about, first things foremost, I want better storylines. The writing has to be far better because, like, the, the TV people. 14 rating, everybody just, I, I was joking around in heels court with it. It's like, WWE under TV 14, that once they return, we could say bitch and shit now. That's it. Carmella oh, and Cody's going to bleed. Yeah, That's about it. Cody buying all the razor blades right now. Co- uh, Corey and Carmella being way more sexual than they already are. Uh, Carme- simping on commentary even heavy, heavier. Heavier. They're going to have an Edge and Lita segment. I go. No. No. <laughs> Oh God! Dude, it's gonna their, happen since dude, he spoke into existence. Their show on YouTube was awful. It was way more sexual than than we needed to see. Carmella oh. Carmella stealing another indie wrestler's uh, catchphrase. Yeah, she stole Natalia Markova's. Yeah, like a badass, badass with, with a, a great ass. ass. Even had the T-shirts on it. And that was like right after she was already accused. Of like stealing like Angelina. Yep, <laughs> Angelina from like. It's like she's trying. It's like she's trying to find her own way to get over without doing her research that these things exist. And Natalie even said uh, uh, her response to it was like it looked like very cheap on her end to actually do that. Yeah. Because that shirt design was like put out for a good month already now. Yep. But Vince, I mean, to end all this, you sick, sadistic fuck. We're gonna miss you. I mean, I'm actually. I can't. It's so weird. John's also going to the first Raw. I know. Without him. Yeah. And just about like thinking on all the live shows I went to, they all just even about had about the the same vibe, even down to some of the house show matches. 
Yeah. Like, you felt the Vince presence and, like, the Vince, like, vibe in the booking. Even down to the shows. Mm. I am so curious over what SummerSlam is going to look like. Yeah. Without Vince, a big four. And then it's going to stay that way. It's all Bruce Pritchard for however long that lasts. Well. And now well, uh, Triple H is EVP, which people have been celebrating. People oh, already yeah. love Steph. Mm-hmm. Now we're in, like, it's like Civil War. Pretty much. Because you also have, like, Stephanie maybe rooting against Tony Khan for certain things, maybe. Not Tony Khan, Nick Khan. Either way, it's a Khan era. He had two Khans. Well, what well, could be the real Khan, man? Dude, when you sent when you took that in the group chat, I just sent the gift of, from a Star, Tre- Star Trek. Khan! <laughs> the wrath of Khan begins. Fucking but... Russell Talks joke. But, but until next time, folks, remember, don't drink and drive, park and spark. It's always 420 somewhere. And yeah, I mean, Vince McMahon retired. So with that being Shit. said, light one up and enjoy enjoy your Yeah, high. and still try and comprehend that Vince Kennedy McMahon retired. And enjoy a high of life for once. Peace!